I was working three jobs and the life just felt so forceful and so much hustle, which of course in New York, you know, that's what we have to do or that's what we're told, right? You have to work hard towards your goal. I really had to reframe that because now what I do it's not forced. Everything just flows and there's an abundance of everything, you know, and it's a completely different life now. Hello, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Carly and Mia. Hi, welcome back, everyone. We have a fun guest for you today again. Episode 26? Yeah, so we had our 25th episode last week, which feels like a big milestone. So if you didn't listen, we talked all about love languages, which was fun, and relationship episodes are always fun to do, and I feel like you guys like those a lot. Yeah, I've been loving hearing since then and seeing people let us know what their love language is. I feel like some people were a little surprised, but a lot of words of affirmation. Yes. And like some of my friends who were replying to my little story poll had acts of service and it really does make sense for the few of them that I saw answered that. Oh, really? My mom actually is really into the love languages and she said that hers was words of affirmation and physical touch. And that was like the first time that I really like knew someone get that result of physical touch. Yeah, that's interesting. I love hearing other people's and then it makes a lot of sense for their personalities. Me too. Yeah. So that was a fun episode. Definitely go back and listen to it and listen to our other relationship episodes too, if you like that genre, because those ones have all that and a lot of great feedback and they're really fun. I feel like they're just a fun listen when you're out for a walk or whatever. Yeah. And we love relationship episodes. We'll keep them coming. We're going to do our next one on the attachment styles, which we mentioned. And I just ordered the book. I know you have it, but I don't. So I ordered attached so I can read up on it before we do our episode. Yeah, that'll be a really fun one. And this week we have a really fun guest, Nicole Rutch, and we connected with her in New York. We'll talk more about it, but Mia actually got Reiki from her at a studio in New York that we both used to go to, a wellness center. And then we just reconnected with her over social media over the past few months. And it was such a fun episode. I really loved it. I think that if you don't know much about Reiki and you want more of like a Reiki 101, maybe go back and listen to our episode with Sarah that was a great episode and she kind of like dove a little bit deeper into like a lot about like what Reiki is and Nicole talks about it a little bit but we cover a lot of different topics in this episode so it could be helpful to hear like a little bit more of the basics if you don't know much about Reiki. Yeah I love Nicole and Yes, I thought the episode would be so much more about Reiki and spirituality, but then it ended up being so cool to hear about how she moved here from Germany and her whole career path. And it's funny, she I learned in the episode recording with her that she is a photographer, and that makes so much sense because when I first saw her Instagram account back when we connected after... I saw her at Now Wellness. Her Instagram was just beautiful, like the prettiest aesthetic and... Yeah, yeah, you can tell she has that background of like, just like art in general. Like I feel like she's a very artistic person. And yeah, it was really cool to hear her story. So I think you guys will love the episode. But before we get into it, we can talk about some new things that we've tried this past week. So I tried a new protein bar. I'm a really big fan of snack bars and protein bars and all of those types of things just to have a healthy, quick snack on hand. But so many that you find at the grocery store are full of ingredients that are not so great. I don't love eating processed foods. Packaged foods in general obviously aren't the best for you, but there are 
luckily so many great brands now that are making protein bars and snacks with healthy ingredients. So for example, we had one of the founders of Siren Snacks on our podcast a few months ago, and that's one of my favorites, but Mia and I are always trying new brands. So I tried Scout Organic this past week. I actually ordered their sample pack and I had a bunch of different flavors in it. And I really, really like them. The one that surprised me the most, the flavor that I like the most is lemon. I think it's lemon poppy. Oh, yum. Um, it might just be lemon. I'll link it in the show notes, but really, really good and very different from like a standard bar that I would typically have. I always go for like the almond butter, peanut butter, like chocolate type flavors. And this one was like a fun, fresh, new take on a protein bar. And it doesn't taste like fake. It's made of yeah. all real whole foods. So really only sweetened with dates. And then the protein comes from either sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds, or I think some of them have sesame seeds as well and very like natural ingredients and everything. And it doesn't make you like crash later on because a lot of them will give you some energy and then later on you'll crash because of all the sugar. So really, really like them. Highly recommend. Well, that sounds so good. I really want to try that flavor. I remember that Abby was talking about how they also had a lemon poppy seed flavor in for Siren and I've been meaning to order it and I never have because that's a flavor I think I really would like to. Yeah. And my new thing, we talked about it a little bit this weekend, is the skinny dipped new flavors. So they have your childhood favorites kind of redone and made a bit healthier. So there's peanut butter and jelly peanuts and milk chocolate covered peanuts. So the great thing about skinny dipped is it's not your standard like chocolate covered nut that has a really thick like candy coating. Skinny dipped has a really light coating, a lot of like cocoa powder and not that big thick shell. So these were really good. I'm obsessed with peanut butter and jelly. Like I make peanut butter and jelly themed smoothies and oatmeal bowls. So I was really excited to try this flavor and I loved it. Dan loves peanut butter and jelly and he's not like the lover of healthy snacks and he loved them too. So highly recommend and I can't wait to buy more and I'm on their website now and I see that a lot of them are sold out, the peanut butter and jelly flavor. Yeah, they're very, very good. I didn't know if I would like it because I do like peanut butter, but I'm typically more of an almond person and I love their chocolate covered almonds. Mm -hmm. And I think I just really like chocolate. So I wasn't sure that I would like the peanut butter and jelly flavor, but it was really, really delicious. It's a strawberry flavor, right? Yeah, strawberry and raspberry. So yeah, there's no chocolate on it at all. The covering is just like a sort of like a cocoa powder cover, like that consistency, but it's made out of strawberry and raspberry. So it's really good. Yeah, they're delicious. I have to break into mine. I was eating all of Mia's when I was at her apartment <laughs> this past weekend, which was fun. I did another trip to New York and was able to go to a few of my favorite spots, just basically take out for food. We weren't really sure how we felt about eating inside. I know a lot of people are doing it and places are being super safe, but right now, bigger, better safe than sorry. So we got food and ate at Mia's apartment, which was fun to see each other. And now hopefully I'll be back there soon. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Bocaria. So every year, Carly and I do a tapas tour throughout the city and go to like the best tapas restaurants because we went to Barcelona together and it was the best trip ever. So our annual tapas tour sadly can't really happen this year which so we'll just sad. have to make tapas i'll come over and we can make tapas at your apartment because then it was actually funny i came back to new paltz and we did a whole spanish night and i was kind of sad we didn't get to go to bocaria but i was happy that i got to have everything here homemade we made paella and we oh made my God. the tomato bread and it looked so yeah, good so good 
We'll have to well, make it. That would be a fun thing for when you move to the city and you can come over and we can have a big tapas night or I could come to your new apartment. Yes. Yes. We're very excited for this episode. We have a lot coming up that we're very excited for. A lot of fun guests. Unlike Mia said, another solo episode coming up soon. And before you know, it, we'll be in the holidays. And last week we had a delay in releasing our episode, but we are still releasing every single Monday. So a couple people have asked, we'll still be coming out with a new episode every Monday. Let us know if there's any topics you want us to cover, but we hope you love this episode with Nicole. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it. We know you will. And we'll see you back next week for another great episode. Hi, welcome back. Today we are here with Nicole Ruch, a holistic healer. So welcome, Nicole. We're so excited to record with you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This is actually my first podcast. Oh my really? Gosh, so exciting. We're so oh. happy to have you here. I feel like we have so many fun things to talk about and so many cool things to teach our guests about and learn about you. So why don't you start maybe just by telling our guests a little bit about where you're from and kind of how you got into what you do now? Yeah. So I'm actually from Germany and I moved to New York, I guess when I was 19, right after high school in Germany. And I just wanted to learn English and I was an au pair. I came as an exchange student and what was planned to be, you know, a one-year exchange ended up now being a 19-year stay in New York. Um, Oh, wow. So... That's kind of that. So, you know, when I moved to, I guess, America, I started out first in Chicago. The family didn't end up working out. And then right when 9-11 happened, 10 days after 9-11, I moved to New York. Oh my my God. Yeah. And I was visiting New York 11 days before. My best friend from high school was living in Pleasantville. So, you know, I just did a little mini vacation. And I'm like, why am I not moving to New York? Like, you are here. I should just be here. So I moved to New York. I moved to Westchester and ended up working with family there. And they're still in my life. I love them. The kids are not old. (laughs) That allowed me to go to college here. And yeah, that's how it all happened. And I never went back other than, you know, just visiting family and going back home. Wow. So how long were you working with that one family in Westchester? I would say for almost eight years. My gosh. So you really got to see the kids grow up. Yeah, they were seven and 11. And then, you know, when we parted ways, they were going to college. So I moved to Brooklyn after that. Nice. That must have been a crazy experience moving here after 9-11, like the energy and the vibe of the whole city. That must have been a real introduction to New York. I know. I feel like, you know, my parents were obviously so scared, but I was like, this is the safest city right now to be in. (laughs) Let's just give it a try. Well, and there's Eddie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. So many guests who have dogs. Eddie is my dog. So He's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) whenever there's something going on about healing and stuff he just like wants to be in this energy because he knows (laughs) that's amazing well so then you wrapped up you finished working with that family you moved to Brooklyn and then what did you do next 
Yeah. So during that time, I actually went to college and I started out at a community college and then I went to FIT and I studied advertising and marketing, but always with the intention of doing art in some sort of way, because I was an art major at the community college and I got a scholarship going to Savannah College. But obviously, you know, being a foreigner, you can't afford going to an Ivy League school, I decided to go to FIT because their program was really hands-on and, you know, they have a good photography program. And once I'm in the school, I can switch majors and I ended up never switching. And I just stayed with marketing because my whole spiel in my head was like, if I know how to market my work, I can be an artist no matter when, but I need to be able to just know how to advertise myself. That's so smart. I love that. And my twin sister actually went to FIT also for photography and marketing. Awesome. I feel like that gave me the foundation of understanding how the city is working, right? Like I understood how to hustle, to take a job, like to really grind and just to get myself seen in front of the doors. And I always had that sort of photography aspect still present during my college years because I ended up working for a photographer and we did mainly commercial shoots and fashion stuff. So that sort of sparked the next journey. (laughs) I got my work visa sponsored, which allowed me to, again, stay here for another three to four years. And that's kind of when everything shifted a little bit in terms of being my own business and really when that entrepreneurship came in for myself. Right. So was that when you started discovering more of this holistic health passion that you have? Or when you say that was a turning point for you? When did you discover that? Yeah, not at all. That's actually when the food journey started. (laughs) So much of who I am now is food. It is fitness in some sort of way or form. And then there's the spiritual aspect, right? So that's where you really get that mind, body, soul connection. And I started my own jam business when I was working for the photographer because I needed that connection to nature. I grew up on a farm in Germany, so I was always around farmland and just, you know, making your own food and fruits. So I really missed that part of me, of just that connection to mother nature and making something with your hands and infusing it with herbs, right? I didn't even understand why I infused the jams with herbs back then, but that's like my herbalism side. That's where I get my grounding energy from and just really helping people to put good food into their body without any preservatives and all of that stuff. So that sort of paved the way to becoming an entrepreneur and really running your own business. And to that extent, it also turned into me launching my own catering business. I catered all of New York Fashion Week, and I really learned how to really cook healthy foods for my clients. And I did that for four years. And just two years ago, I gave that up because that was the old me. And that connection to food turned me on to spirituality and got me connected with the higher power, the higher being the universe. That's so amazing. So where did you first sell your jam when you first started making it? At Beecher's Cheese, actually. Oh, right? cool. I think on 20th Street, like that flagship store, and then local cheese shops throughout Brooklyn. That's cool. And then the catering business, that's amazing. So catering for all of New York Fashion Week is so cool. 
Yeah, because I wanted to provide healthy foods for the models because there wasn't such a thing, right? I just always wanted to have this clean eating portion as being part of, you know, we need to fill ourselves and nourish ourselves with healthy food. And back then, that wasn't available. Sakara Life was just about to launch. So they were not even who they were now. They came after me, basically. But I catered literally... Vera Wang, Tommy Hilfiger, all the big names. That's so like, cool. Was that through like connections that you had from working in the photography industry? No, it happened because I got connected with someone who worked at KCD and then I did like a little tasting and of course they loved the food. I had a stunning aesthetic. I was a photographer, so I knew how to style food and to present it in a way where people just want to eat it. And that's what got me the job, which, you know, led me on this path. Yeah. Were you making all the food yourself? (laughs) In the beginning, I was. But then, obviously, I had to hire chefs and teams to just execute the work for me. I had a commercial kitchen. And it was, I don't know, when we're talking about alignment, I wasn't aligned. It was not my true calling, you know? I kind of just feel like I just went with it because I saw an opportunity in terms of feeding people healthy foods. But when it came to running the day-to-day and the production of a catering business, being a woman, not having a storefront, right? And having to hire out, it was valley challenging. You were technically like healing people. So it was a step toward your true passion. Exactly. And it's interesting because it sounds like on paper that was a job opportunity that combines fashion, that combines healing people, combines food, combines photography. You would think, wow, you really did find an opportunity that you could feel aligned in. But it's interesting that you didn't feel fully aligned and then found spirituality. Right. Right. Because I think so much of it was the struggle and the hustle of it, which the association of just making it in this crazy intense city, right? Being your own business, you know, not having the support or not the right support, let's put it this way, made it very challenging for me to pivot. And I felt like I always, I couldn't really heal the people on a deeper level. I think that's what it was. It was still too superficial for me. I couldn't get in there, you know, and really like, change sort of their behavior of like no what you put in your belly is energy and you need to make sure it's the purest form and obviously when we're talking about business right and especially the fashion industry i got all my food from the farmers markets right so it comes with a higher price and that's something i had to you know there was a lot of resistance towards that in terms of just my pricing and people at the end of the day didn't really you realize that they don't really care. Right. Yes, unfortunately. But that's so amazing that that was a step to help you really find your next chapter. So when you said you started discovering spirituality and that led you there, had you been a spiritual person prior or what was your relationship with spirituality? I was always very open to it. And I always communicated with my grandpa. When he passed away, that was... I don't know. I felt, I always felt like he was talking to me. Right. And everything I did was sort of always in his spirit. I'm like, look, you can be proud of me and this and this. And I never had a chance to say goodbye to him. So he really helped me to just connect with that spiritual, you know, with the spiritual world and 
with that, I think that's also, you know, our ancestors have all the answers, you know, we, we have so much to learn from them. And it really opened me up to go within and to find myself, which I had to do in order to really heal myself. Because I think during that time when I was hustling and taking every job, and yes, I had my own business and I was a New York Fashion Week caterer, I still hustled. I still was waitressing, you know, I was working three jobs. I was taking photography jobs and the life just felt so forceful and so much, you know, hustle, which of course in New York, you know, that's what we have to do or that's what we're told, right? You have to work hard towards your goal. I really had to reframe that because now what I do, it's not forced. Everything just flows and there's an abundance of everything, you know, and it's a completely different life now. But before that's all I knew. And I had to just pause for a minute and to be still and to really find myself. Yeah. And that's so hard to do. I feel like, how did you kind of trust your instinct and trust your intuition and not just like talk yourself out of it? Right. Yeah. I mean, trust me, the resistance was there, right? Every time I was asked to grow, I used every single excuse not to. I was like, I don't have enough money. I don't have the time right now. I was almost afraid to step into my own powers because I feel like all I knew was my light was always dimmed, right? I was always on a dimmer. And how dare am I shine up, like brighten my light and show people what I really wanted to do, right? Because from the past, everyone always was like, oh, yes, you worked in advertising, you worked in, as a photographer, now you do catering, you had a jam business, right? When you just look at the things, it looks like nothing makes sense, right? Like everything is just all over the place. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I had to just break through that, right? Through that block that those things that we do is just a stepping stone to finding ourselves. And I wouldn't be this person now if I didn't have that experience, you know, if I didn't know how to run my business. Now I run a successful business, right? But I had to learn the worst case scenario in order for me to find that balance and find the good, you know? Right. I feel like so many people can relate to that because like you said, living right. in New York, working in New York, it's constantly go, go, go. And you're expected that that's the life you should be living. Like work expects you to be available all the time. And like you said, the ambition, like, yes, maybe it didn't necessarily like make sense, but people probably saw all those things you were doing as like, oh, that's great. She has all these things going on. So what advice would you have to someone who just doesn't feel lit up by mm -hmm. the status quo hustle? Right. And I mean, I can elaborate on that on, a, on another level too, because it goes much deeper than that. But I just think sometimes we just have to pause and be still. I think just what COVID offered us, right? It's a blessing in the sky that we were able to just pause and reassess our life because it depends, of course, where you are, right? Uh, in terms of location, but so much of our lives in New York is the hustle, right? We don't know how to find stillness even when people around you are going crazy, right? We're way overworked in our jobs. We don't really support, I mean, now it's a little bit more, but mental health, right? Like, why do we have to work so hard? Why don't we just work more efficiently and with purpose and intention, right? And it's like, it has to do with trust. 
the employees don't trust the workers to just like do the job at a time when they're going to do it, right? It's always like you're being micromanaged. So really finding that stillness within you and connecting with your purpose and your intention is really what you can do to find that oneness within yourself. Yeah, I relate to that so much. I lived in New York City for 11 years and then I just felt like I needed to get out. And a year ago, I moved to Chicago, a little over a year ago, basically because I was exhausted and I felt like I needed to be somewhere else to like, I don't know, revive myself. But I just moved to another major city. And then it wasn't until COVID when I came back to New Paltz where my family is and really started like actually giving myself time to like have that relaxation and just like silence that I realized that I needed to find it inside myself, like not somewhere like a different location. Like I was like running from New York city because I thought that's what was doing it. But now I'm like, now that I've had that time to kind of reflect a little bit more and connect with myself more, I'm like, no, I want to be in New York city. I just want to do it the way that I meant to do and not the way that I thought I was supposed to. Right. Yeah. And I think New York is also a very extreme city, right? So we always go from one extreme to the other. Either it's like all the way or nothing. And for me, it's always like find the balance, right? Like, yes, maybe, you know, like you just said, like, I'm just going to go to Chicago, but it's the same energy. It's a big city, right? It's concrete. Like there's concrete everywhere. So for you to just find that stillness within you, that's everything because there's always going to be a storm. There's always going to be another virus. There's always going to be, you know, another election, there's always going to be something, but you have to find that peace within you that keeps you grounded and supported. And I think a lot has to do with safety, feeling safe within ourselves. I really like that you said this time of COVID is a blessing to some because I've honestly felt that way myself. And I've talked about that with Carly. And sometimes I feel a little ignorant to say that COVID was a time that I really enjoyed. (laughs) But I mean, of course, in the sense that it gave me the opportunity to slow down and like live a life in New York City that I want, which is working from home and on my own schedule. And it led me to a new job where I do have more flexibility and don't have to be expected to go to an office because I'm so over the fact that that's just the norm. So a lot of growth. Yeah, I think it all showed us we can still do our job even from home, right? That was the extreme. Before it was like, you have to be in the office and you have to take every single meeting. You have to go to an after work event just to be present and show up. And on top of it, we expect you to have the presentation done at 9am in the morning, right? So like, when are you supposed to sleep and, you know, have time with your partner? And then we had COVID with all of a sudden you're like, oh, now nothing, right? So, but I still have to figure out how to work from home. And I think we managed and we proved ourselves that we can do anything really from anywhere. And you just have to show up and do the work, right? And to just find that balance again. Yeah. So I'd love to give our guests a little bit of like tangible advice on how to become a little bit more aligned with themselves whether spiritually or whatever, however you want to say it. And I know you mentioned earlier when you were talking about your catering business, how it's so important to feed yourself food that's really going to fuel you energetically. So can you give some examples of maybe foods that do that and foods that kind of go against that? Yeah, of course. 
I mean, when we're talking about energy, right? Because I mean, I'm an energy healer. So everything that I do is based on energy. I believe that, you know, we are energy. What we put in our body is energy. Food has energy, right? The people who prepare our food carry an energy in making this food for us. So it's everything that we put inside of us. So I always say clean as possible, fresh as possible and seasonal and local. That is like my best advice. Um, and then when it comes to really feeding a specific energy center, right? Like we have chakras in our body, which are energy centers. So obviously we have seven and the root chakra is something that is related to our foundation, right? That is something that obviously during COVID, a lot of people didn't feel safe. It was the foundation, it's the root chakra, right? So I always say root vegetables, right? Those come from mother earth they give us this energy of like feeling connected, feeling supported in ourselves. They almost give us a hug. They're, they're just so soothing. And they are a little obviously heavier, right? But we need that grounding energy to keep us down, to keep us connected to Mother Earth. So that's something I suggest if someone is feeling insecure, right? Like, or they don't know how to step into their powers that's related to our solar plexus. The solar plexus is our powerhouse, right? So it's also related to the color yellow. So think of something that is yellow, right? A lemon, if you bite into a lemon, you just like already lighten up in, in a way, right? Or orange juice or a pineapple, right? Those are all foods that give us a little bit more of that loving, bright energy. So that's something you could do to just, you know, incorporate foods into your daily life and feed the chakras based on that. So they can, you know, so you feel a little bit more grounded, you feel more connected. If you want to feel your heart, anything green goes, like that celery juice that everyone loves, right? The kale, an apple. So really just giving your, your heart some love. Yeah, I love that. I actually did a Reiki workshop at Now Wellness with Sarah, and mm -hmm. we learned a lot of really cool information about the colors that represent the different chakras and different foods to eat to sort of like heal that chakra or light it up. And I can't remember what color represents the throat chakra. Blue. Blue. Okay. Because that's the one that I feel like I always have like stagnant energy in. So I'm always curious about that. Yeah, so blueberries, grapes are great, cabbage, eggplants, those are all things to activate your throat chakra and also just singing, right? Just like open up that voice. Yeah, and writing too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so there's a lot of easy things we can do on a daily basis and to easy things to incorporate, you know, that don't have to be so much work. Yeah, it right. seems overwhelming, but I feel like once you break it down like that, then you can even take small steps, do little things here and there that will really help. But I want to hear more about how you first discovered Reiki. Yeah, so funny enough, during the photography years, I met one of my best friends. She now lives in uh, California, but she moved to LA and I visited her. And she was like, I found this thing called Reiki. I would love to give you a Reiki session and maybe we can talk to you, to your grandpa. Cause you know, I know you have so many unanswered questions. I'm like, okay, sure. So she gave me a Reiki session and I got so many answers that, you know, were hidden 
from my grandpa and it really like connected me on such a spiritual level. And this was way before we all, I don't know, it wasn't really a common thing, I should say. And I remember coming back to New York. I'm like, I, I need to see somebody in New York, but there were no places in New York that offered Reiki training or healing, you know, so because it was a very, you know, obviously in California, they're a little more hidden in terms of the spiritual world. How long ago was that? I think this was maybe 2015 or 16. And yeah, that kind of like was my first Reiki experience. And I lived in San Diego for three months and I wanted to do a training, but I couldn't find a teacher. There wasn't such a thing as virtual Reiki training. And for some reason, when I came back to New York, I found a woman who helped me do my first Reiki training. And that's how I got introduced to it. That's so cool. How long is a Reiki training to become certified Mm -hmm. yourself? So there's different levels, right? So there is Reiki one, which is to heal yourself, right? So you can connect with your own energy. And there's Reiki level two, which is so you can practice on others. I usually teach them together one and two, and it's over a weekend. Oh, nice. And just for our listeners, can you explain a little bit more about what Reiki is and the benefits? Yes, of course. So Reiki is Japanese and it's a form of healing and stress reduction modality, right? And in Reiki, we believe in energy, right? So it, it stands for life force energy that we have within us. And the key, which is, you know, from Reiki is sort of that, that energy that connects you to spirituality that flows within all of us, right? We have it in Kundalini, we call it Kundalini, you know, that's the same energy. So it really just helps us find that connection to ourselves and to really release, let's say, any energy points that feel stagnant or stuck. That's why, you know, when we talk about stress reduction, right, so much of most of our lives is related to stress and anxiety, right? So how can you really go in there and heal sort of these energy centers? And throughout my practice, I have found that most of my clients deal a lot with stress and anxiety, deal a lot with like childhood trauma, right? And the childhood trauma are are just things that we have learned throughout our childhood, right? Our parents, the stories our parents told us, whatever we saw them do, that has a huge impact on our lives, on our perception, right? And it could be little things. It doesn't have to be like a big trauma, right? It could just be, I don't know, they didn't listen to you, right? When you were a kid and they were just too busy with their own selves, right? And you were ignored. And that feeling of being ignored now shows up in your life in other ways and forms, meaning you feel like you're not enough. You feel like you're not being seen. You feel like you're being ignored, you know? And and that kind of has a huge impact on who we are in this present moment and in our actions and, you know, not being in that alignment because we need to 
go back and heal that. And once we heal it, we can move on and rewrite that story. Yeah, I'm so happy that you explained it that way with the explanation of the childhood trauma, because we had, we recorded with an Akashic Records reader a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And in the episode, I said something about like wanting to heal childhood trauma. And then I feel like when family members listened to it, they were like, what is she talking about? Like she had a great childhood, but you can have a great childhood and still have like trauma that you feel like you need to heal. Oh yeah. I had a great childhood. Like my parents are still together and, you know, but also them bickering and fighting with each other, which could, you know, normal, totally affected me. You know, it's like, oh, it showed up in my relationship of, I need to constantly force resistance. I need to constantly have like this fire energy of like fighting and, you know, not being agreeing with things, right? That's what I always saw. So of course that has a huge impact of, that's all I know. That's what I saw my parents do. So of course I'm doing this, right? But it was an unhealthy way of being in a relationship, right? So I was able to look at that in a very natural way and allowing it to to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of your clients also have ancestral trauma? Yes and no. Within my Reiki practice, I always release any sort of ancestral stuff that we might hold on to, right? That we might be brought into. So I kind of get it out of the way in the beginning so we can have a clean slate and move on, right? But I noticed it from my own experience. I'm German. I lived with a Jewish family here. I had to heal the German-Jewish relationships because there was so much that was brought on to me by my ancestors by even by my grandparents right they they grew up in the war they didn't have enough food right so that impacted me in terms of what my dad and my mom were you know brought into and how it affected me so I had to go back into that timeline and really heal these wounds you know that were so deeply rooted and yeah, it's, it's a very deep work, but I feel like we can all do baby steps to get there and to really release it. It's really just how much does it affect you still in your current life? That's how I would say, you know, if it doesn't really affect you as much, it's okay, you know? Right. Well, that's what I was going to ask next. I mean, like I went to Reiki when I was feeling a little stuck and wanted energy healing when I just kind of felt brain fog. But like, I also feel like that was showing up because of how I grew up and I was the youngest of four girls and I was so much younger and I feel like I always looked up to them for like validation and to point me in the direction and I didn't make so many decisions on my own. So when I was at a point in my life that I needed to make decisions and kind of carve my own path for myself, I felt a little like I was running up against a wall and felt a little stuck. But for someone who is healing trauma, that's maybe a little more deep rooted than that. How frequently do you recommend getting a Reiki healing? Well, I actually think once a week would be very beneficial, right? And that's why I only now take on clients that are ready to step into a deeper healing container, meaning I work with clients over the the course of six months, because that's when we can see a transformation. And then I will also give them the tool of having a Reiki training and being Reiki certified so they can do it on their own. So they don't have to come to me, right? It's all about 
I want to give you the tools so you can do this on your own. So you are empowered to do it on your own. But, you know, maybe you're not there yet and I need to guide you and really heal these deeper wounds for you so we can be in it together and you feel supported and safe. So then we can allow this new you to shine through and, and to show up. So I learned that throughout, you know, being in business and having a practice here that as much as the one-on-one, one-off Reikis are great, there is such a tremendous change and power in having consistency and being held in a deeper container for over a course of time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So do you do all of that in person or do you do some virtual as well? Yeah. So in the program I just launched, it's called the journey to oneness, right? It's all about really connecting you with that inner, inner self. It is virtually, but I also offer a few in-person sessions just because it is, you know, either or, but obviously we all have sometimes busy lives, you know, you don't want someone coming into your home. So it really depends on the comfortable level and what they have going on, but it is usually virtual and also a little bit in person. Cool. Yeah. I saw that in addition to that whole program you're doing with one-on-ones and giving people the tools, you also have a natural herbal remedy factor that plays in. So how do you incorporate that into your program and healing your clients? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was my own best healer. So all these tools that I learned throughout these four years that I have been on my own journey, I am now ready to pass those on because I have applied them on my own and for my own healing journey. And I know they work and I know they are so deeply connected. And especially when it comes to herbs, right? Herbs are mother's nature's gift, right? They're abundant outside they're free right and our body recognizes that in terms of energy it's something that the body just immediately knows and can heal from but of course we have to also rewrite what medicine is right we are so used to taking medicine and expecting like an immediately effect of like oh, I take, you know, Advil and my headache is gone, right? We don't look at the root of the problem. Like, why did this headache come on in the first place? Maybe your shoulders are tense and maybe you are stressed because you are holding on to something, right? Deeper. So that's where we're really making this an unholistic approach because it is so much lifestyle. It's the food you eat, right? It is the herbs you take. It's the natural remedies that you have available to really reset your energy levels of your body and to really bring you back into that alignment where, you know, instead of taking an Advil, you maybe, I don't know, make a lavender chamomile tea and you feel more relaxed. And maybe you talk to someone about your problems because that will open you up, you know, because that comes from the heart. And when the heart is open, we automatically push our shoulders back. So it's simple, but it's kind of like we have to reframe what healing and what medicine is really. And how does the program, how is it structured? Like, do you spend... How much time do you spend talking with your clients versus like hands-on Reiki healing? So it is very personalized. We have weekly sessions that are 60 to 75 minutes. It's a little bit about talking, coaching, you know, depending on what we're working through. And then there's a big healing part involved too, right? The Reiki, I do it in combination with sound, right? So 
that really helps us looking at the root of the problem and healing it. And once we are able to heal it, you know, maybe sometimes it takes two sessions, right? Maybe it takes a month. It depends how really deeply rooted this issue is. Then we can rebuild and reframe, right? And bring in other things that you might need on this journey. I mean, a lot of the women right now I have in this program wanting to call in divine partnership, right? Some of them want to heal money blocks, right? That was a huge factor within my own journey too. And where do we start, right? So we have to really go back in the timeline and look at the relationship you had and cultivated with your parents. What was their relationship? And then from there, we can really build that strong foundation for yourself. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like this program and your work with your clients combines a lot of things that I really value and have learned, but in all different areas. So the fact that you're combining all of that inner work and kind of reframing that you have to do internally with Reiki, because when I went to Reiki, there was not really a conversation aspect. So I really like that a lot. And you mentioned sound healing. So can you talk a little bit more about sound baths and what sound healing is? Because I honestly don't really know that much about it. Yeah, I have used sound healing to heal myself, really, in combination with Reiki. I have found that throughout my journey, I had a very busy mind and I couldn't calm myself down. I couldn't sit down for 10 minutes and just to be with my own thoughts, right? So I discovered sound healing and working with the crystal bowls, the crystal alchemy bowls. And with that, I was able to quiet my mind and be in this state of relaxation. And it's like that place where you don't know if you like asleep or if you awake. It's like that sweet spot, I feel like. And it really helped me to go deeper to really see the visions that I have for my future, to really look at these deeper wounds, you know, to really unlock the past lives that I had. And because the bowls have such an amazing frequency and energy that our body again recognizes because our body is made out of 60, 70% water. And we know that sound travels better through water, right? Our organs vibrate on a specific frequency, right? So when you choose a specific bowl to work with in, in a sound bath, you are able to go deeper into your body and really reset yourself, really reset every organ, reset every cell that you have in your body and really heal on a deeper level without it being painful, without it being, you know, traumatic. It just feels like very soothing. And, you know, you just have to listen to it. You don't have to think. You just let the sound wash all over you. And it's a method that has been used, again, throughout history, through our ancestors, right? Sound is medicine in in the same way our herbs are. I love what you said about our bodies being made up of so much water because the only sound healing experience that I've ever had is actually last month I went to my first full moon circle and they did a sound bath healing session there which I thought was so cool but obviously the moon also has such a connection with us based on the fact that we're made up of so much water so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that too. I mean, again, the moon was such a big energy in in terms of just healing myself and just reconnecting myself with my emotions, right? And really everything that I have created is part of what I've used on my journey to heal myself. And it was really looking at the moon and understanding there is something 
bigger here that is unexplainable, right? It's like that universe, it's like whatever you want to call it, God, universe, you know, the higher power. And the moon really brings you that connection, I think. And women especially are so connected to the moon because that's our energy, right? That's our female side of things. And the moon really allows us to look at certain aspects in our life that maybe need to be healed or maybe need to be addressed right with every full moon there is sort of forgiveness right you can forgive yourself for whatever you're going through and i like to manifest with a new moon so i have really manifested most of my my business my life my divine partnership with the new moon because the energy is so potent and strong right when they come together they create this really strong connection and that's when we plant seeds that's why farmers use the moon to plant crops so it's really such a magical connection and when we know how to harness it with our own energy that's when we really can see that transformation again on a deeper level you know we're moving into a new moon in scorpio right scorpio is a water sign very emotional so what emotions are showing up right now for you you know what areas of your life is being triggered and can you really go deeper and reflect on that that's so cool when you talked about calling in a divine partnership or anything you want in your life in the new moon is that through like rituals yes so i love the word ritual sometimes i have to be very careful because it's not like a woo-woo thing and you know we're, we're <laughs> all all the magic yes so i host obviously new moon circles, right? And in the ceremony, we are connecting with the energy of the moon, uh, depending on what sign the moon is in, right? There is a lot that astrology plays into part, or I should say, just the energy that sign is holding. And it has a lot to do also with knowing, you know, where where that sign falls into your chart. So when we know that, then we can move forward again into a deeper state of like, okay, maybe this month I need to look at relationships, right? What is the relationship I have with myself? What is a relationship I want to call in? And that's how you can then plant the seeds to call in that divine partner. But it all starts with being clear with what you want. And in our circle, we really go into the specifics, like, you know, of manifesting, like, what do you want your divine partner? What qualities do you want your divine partner to have? You know, what does he look like? Where do you want to meet him? Like, those are all specifics, you know, we sometimes forget to think about, but allow yourself to go there, you know? And then when you know, you release it, obviously, to the universe, and you allow that frequency that, you know, you put out there to match that vibration. And then eventually it will come back to you and match. (laughs) Yeah, that is so cool. I feel like we could talk to you forever. We have so many things to talk about the Reiki and the moon and the sound baths and everything. But we always like to close up our episodes with just a few more, what we call rapid fire questions. So just to learn a little bit more about you outside of what you do. So Mia, do you want to kick it off? Yes. And I think that's a perfect segue from calling in a divine partner and thinking about the qualities you want. So what is one must-have quality for you and a significant other? Um, definitely compassion. That's a having good one. A, having a heart, you know, being connected to your emotions. Like that is something that's very important to me. And 
in the beginning when I found my divine partner, Vincent is very sensitive. And I always was like, oh, I don't want someone who is so sensitive, right? I didn't even know what it meant, but I'm like, no, I need someone who understands me on, on a deeper level, who has that deeper connection for themselves too. So I think that's a beautiful thing that I discovered that I never thought I, I wanted, but I need that so much. <laughs> Right. And I feel like there's not many men out there who are like outwardly sensitive, or at least not the ones in my social circle. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You found someone so sensitive and compassionate. Yeah. How long did he show up after you actually got clear on what you wanted and calling him in? Three months after. Wow. Well, literally, it was so quick. Yeah. I got so clear. It, I think it was under... I forgot what moon it was, but I have it in my journal um, and I called it in and, you know, I got very specific. I sat with that energy daily, really did a meditation around it. Like I want this person to show up and I wanted to meet someone in person, which, you know, in, in our day and age, just so, I don't know, everyone thought like I was crazy and I was just not the kind of girl who goes on Tinder. I don't know. It's something about the connection, right? Like I'm obviously I work with energy, so I couldn't get that through, through the phone. And then I always knew I wanted to meet him in person. And then I went to Roberta's and he sat next to me and we had an amazing conversation and it wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm head over heels for you. But I just knew there was such a deeper connection here that I couldn't explain. So I just allowed it to happen. Being open to receiving it too is a very big part because when we have it, sometimes we tend to just, you know, not wanting to see it and we wanted to block it from happening. So that was a big part too, to just surrender and allow it to just flow naturally. Yeah. For me, I have such a difficult time. I feel like it's such a blurry line between focusing on it and really focusing on the energy to call it in and also trying to release it and not like obsess over it and wonder when it's going to happen. I feel like those things get like so jumbled for me. Right. We need to be able to let go of our dream because the universe might have a better one for you. So, you know, and when you're holding on to your vision so vividly, you allowing the new thing for you to come because it could show up in a better way that you expected it, you know? You always are taken care of no matter what. <laughs> so true. Okay, yeah. so are you a morning or a night person? And what is the first thing you do when you wake up and the last thing before you go to bed? I'm definitely a morning person. And the first thing I do when I wake up is set my intention for the day. And the last thing I do is say my gratitude for the day and what I have in my life. Yeah, I love that. It's so good. Nice to just have a refreshing start to the day with an intention and then set those gratitudes. Yeah, yeah I love that too. Do you write them down? Sometimes. Nowadays, I just do it in my head, you know. That's set really the foundation of the day, you know, to just be in a good space, starting from a place of love and being grateful that you have everything that you need, you know, always. Yes, definitely. Yeah. What is one food that you can't live without? Chocolate. I love, love chocolate. that. <laughs> dark chocolate. <though>. Yes. <laughs> I was about to ask dark chocolate. Yeah. I love that too. Like almost like 80, 90%. So a little very dark, um, but very pure. But yeah, chocolate is amazing. It goes to the heart. It's feeding our soul. <laughs> it's really the best. Okay. Yeah. So final question. What advice would you give to your younger self? Um, that's a good one. 
to connect with yourself and to just block off all the noise and all these voices that tell you things are not possible because they are possible. You know, it's almost like when you, you want to just put earmuffs on like that. <laughs> I wish I would yes. have done that. I feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like most of my twenties were like ignoring everything my inner self was telling me. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all did, right? Yes. I think you probably need to have those years to then really discover yourself later on. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I think just being okay with stillness is a big one. You know, I think especially, um, I don't know, when I was younger, I think I always needed distraction because it was about not connecting with myself. I didn't want to do it. You know, I needed to distract myself so I didn't have to listen to myself. So I wish I would have done it earlier, but here I am telling everyone to to go inward. (laughs) Yeah, I like constantly need to be on the move and it's something I've worked on so much. And even like, I'm a runner. And when I would go for a run, like I remember once I went out on a date with a guy and he told me he didn't listen to music when he ran. And I was like, he's a crazy person. Like, how can you be alone with your thoughts for that long? And then I started actually doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it says something that you're not even able to be like alone with your thoughts for a 30 minute run. That's true. I was like that too. I always needed to have podcasts on or headphones in, but then like, again, over COVID, I needed that time where I would just go out on a walk and maybe not even bring my phone. I needed that like complete time to go inward. Right. I know it's so good, right? (laughs) But it's all about the balance. Extreme stone work. It's not realistic on a day to day. Like, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't want to see my phone ever again. I don't want to look at Instagram ever again. No, you can, but just do it in moderation where it feels okay for you. And it's all about finding you know, what works for you and what doesn't and what triggers you and what doesn't. Yep. We're all about balance here. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Can you maybe tell our guests where they can find you? And I know we talked a little bit about how people can work with you, but I don't know like what you're accepting right now in the way of clients. So just tell everyone kind of what they can do. I can be found on my website, NicoleRuch.com or on my Instagram. It's also Nicole underscore Rooch. And I always say, just book your call and let's just have a talk. You know, there's going to be a lot that will be revealed over a 20 minute conversation. And I always invite everyone to just book a call and see how they feel after, because I'm sure something in them was being called to receive the, the healing in some sort of way or form. I'm always welcoming anyone and everyone. <laughs> yes, I love that you do just a call in the beginning to kind of feel out the energy and you can see if it's going to be something that's going to be right for you. So we'll link everything in the show notes with your website and your Instagram and Yeah. Thank you so much. We loved recording with you. Yes. Thanks so much, Nicole. This was great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at mostly underscore balanced. And if you enjoyed the episode, please don't hesitate to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. And we'll see you back next week with another great episode.